Uh, All right, Elsa. See? Vince Vega. <laughs> exactly. That's what you did. Uh, oh, four to four. Two four to show. Right then, we're on. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, uh, with that start, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so before we do get started, I would like to give a just a quick message to just a couple truck drivers. And I got to say Not this. Not every truck driver, just a couple truck drivers. A couple of them because only a couple do this. I don't even know the statistics, but I would be willing to bet more people get struck by lightning in the state of Florida than all of the United States truckers doing this. Hmm. I'm, I'm serious. I, I would be willing to bet the lottery gets hit more than truckers doing this. But it does happen a couple times. See, this only happens a couple times a year. Okay. I actually took me one second to realize what you're saying because I was focusing on the um, the lightning strike. So at first I thought it was something to deal with that. But what you're saying is... I, in fact, you know what? You know how I said I'm going to give start giving out the, the dunce award mm-hmm. actually you know I, I don't know if i can give the dunce award to to a guy that does this because th- there could be a mistake that was made but most of the time it's very preventable mm-hmm. do you know what it is hmm. getting hit by a train with your tractor trailer really yeah it's very rare that it happens but a couple times a year we get a good video or we get you know the news you know it's it but it does happen like a bunch a handful of times a year right when it happens it's like the big thing you know there's a lot of um things that will where it's so rare but because they you always end up seeing the rare occasions happening so much that you feel like it's going on more than it actually is because all the news or it's everywhere on on the internet but it's not really happening as much as you're saying. It's that really slim chance, but because it's broadcasted so much, you feel that it's more. Welcome to Worth Ann's world. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Come on in. <laughs> okay. So, so now listen, this happened on Friday, right? Um, authorities do not know why a trucker stayed on the train tracks in Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> Here we go. This past Friday. But an Amtrak train collided with a semi-truck and derailed, injuring seven passengers. Uh, I mean, seriously. They were injured, not killed, right? Listen, of you know, one of my biggest fears when I was a driver was hitting a, a, a low object. Seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't always pay attention to above you. So I was always extra cautious, especially in the cities. But I never one time said, I'm afraid someday I'll get hit by a train. I, I, I knew that... I would never dilly dally around a rain, a railroad, ba- bleh, a railroad track. See, I never had the issue with with the actual um, train issue. I guess it because I grew up not far from a train track, you know, there in Cresona. So the train never bothered me. That was never an issue that I ever thought of. Well, think about it. I mean, you're a lot of the videos that I've seen is where a trucker tries to beat the gate mm-hmm. or he goes around the gate. Or he does something and gets hung up. Yeah, it's that patient thing that you talk about. So what I was thinking about is just a little advice for you truckers that haven't. And and listen, guys, we know we got a lot of truckers that listen to this show. So 
one or two of you guys are probably going to be a train track statistic this year. So I want to try to help you avoid that. Does, do you know what the um, statistic is by chance? No. I, okay. As I said, it's so damn low. So first off, stay off the railroad tracks, okay, except across. Um, know your truck. Know your truck and tra- mainly your trailer. Know it. You know, some guys get their landing gear hung up. It's like when you pick your truck up at a shipper or a receiver, you're picking up a trailer, dropping hooking or whatever you're doing, right? Make sure the landing gear's all the way up. You know, that's happened quite a few times where the landing gear got caught. How about if you're pulling a low boy? If you're pulling a low boy and, or you're pulling a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Ruthann? A truck with a belly box. That's what I mean, because I'm still stuck on a low boy. A lot of the trains, though, nowadays, they, they're in, like, they're smoother. You know what I mean? They're not up over like we used to have. I don't know. There's still a lot of small towns where, and that's what I wanted to, to mention, a lot of these railroad uh, uh, areas that you have to cross over, a lot of times they're on a little bit of a hill. Look at, Ruthann, look at the one in Webster. Where, when we're going to Webster on 476, mm-hmm. you, you, when you get to the town there and you have to, if you wanted to go straight, you have to go up over the railroad tracks. And if you got a, uh, um, a low boy or if you have a, a uh, what's it called, an air dam, you have a low air dam, one of those trailers that has the thing for aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. If something is too low, it's a good chance it can get caught on a railroad track. So you have to, I'll tell you what, when I used to run for Elderlight, I literally used to have a belly box in my trailer and I literally got caught. There's a, a wall, a super Walmart there in, in uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. And there's like this little area where truckers can park on the, on the south side, I think it is, of, of Walmart. Well, I was pulling out and you have to pull up over this little hill to get back up onto the interstate. And I got hung up. I literally got hung up to where my wheel was spinning. I hit my interlock and, 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 and was able to back out of it and get off of it. And the only way for me to now make it up over that hill was I had to come at it on an angle, if you know what I mean. So I think I do. Yeah. So I came up on an angle and never even touched. But if you don't know your trailer that you're pulling, there's a good chance someday you're going to get hung up, even maybe not on a railroad track or like a little hump in the road like I had where you have to come up a little hill to where it levels off. There's a chance you can get hung up that way. And I know guys that pull RGNs, low boys, whatever you want to call them, gooseneck trailers. Those guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And you drivers that have belly boxes or low air dams on your trailers. And you drivers that fail to put your landing gear all the way up. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Know your trailer. And don't dilly-dally around railroad tracks. Because here's my last piece of advice on this route in. This is one of the only places where something's bigger than your semi-truck that's going to hit you. Of all places, of all places to be, you know, playing around, you know, we give four-wheelers a lot of advice all the time to watch it. Mm-hmm. We're bigger than you. We can hurt you. We don't want to hurt you. But then you get a trucker that decides to jack around on a railroad check and he's playing with something that's a lot bigger than him that could kill him and take him out. 
Well, if you have the patience, I know sometimes, you know, you're running late because of, of something happening, you know, and you, you, you don't want to miss your appointment or you don't want to be late because you have a really great record, but the, and, and trains can take a while, but it's much easier to have the patience when those gates are coming down or when you see it start flashing to be more aware that you don't have the time frame to go across the tracks all the way with your trailer to have the patience to just sit there and let the train go. Yeah, when all you know, the, actually, and this is true with the train tracks, kind of give you plenty of warning. It goes ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. You flash in and doing all that before the gates. Yeah, so that is not the time to mash on it and go. Well, I got plenty of time. There's videos of guys that thought they had plenty of time, and then the gate comes down. You know, you're better off snapping the gate off. <laughs> you're better off snapping that gate, think and not thinking, trying to sit there and figure out how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. If the gate comes down on you, keep going. I'm going to tell you that right now. Snap the damn thing. Um, It's better than your truck and trailer going for a ride. I promise you that. Yes, you're probably going to get fired for snapping a railroad. Either way is going to be worse. Yeah, but guess what? You probably can still get a job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can kind of play it off as, you know, well, it came down. I didn't think it was coming down, blah, blah, blah. But when you get hit by the actual train and your trailer gets cut in half... There's probably really no excuse for that one. That that's a little that's a little worse of a of a of a preventable incident. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on, guys. Stay off the railroad tracks. That's my advice. They're bigger than you. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following: new Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. Hey, drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and 
non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Thank you. All right, we're back. We are back. So there's your warning. <laughs> so this week on, on Talk CDL, we have, uh, we want to do some more famous truck wrecks. And I got a real doozy for everybody that I looked up. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a truck wreck with a twist. And then, of course, we've got the trucker songs, which, uh, what a great response to that, Ruth. And we've got truck drivers sending us songs. Yeah. Okay, you got one guy that sent you one from Australia. Hey, Cog. <laughs> and, you know, I've got, uh, we've got others that sent in through uh, different outlets. So we're going to um, go ahead and mention one or two of one sent in. And then we also have some advice on getting a job in a bad economy. So uh, just a couple of pointers and tips for truck drivers to be watching for in this very bad economy um, that they could go ahead and, and secure a job with a steady income. Cool? Cool. Cool. So let's just start with a famous truck wrecks. Um. Again, I'm just going to kind of ease into this one. This happened in 2006 in Indiana on I-69, um, which is the the uh, uh, north. It's a north and south interstate. It says um, there was this famous truck wreck in uh, 06. A trucker, they're pretty sure he fell asleep and he crossed the median and he killed four Taylor University students. And one of the workers that they were in a van. Hmm. Okay. But more on the trucker, Ruthann. Okay. More on this trucker and the accident a little later. I want to get to the twist. Okay. Um, now, really listen to this. Although five being killed, you know, in an accident is very horrible. Uh, but that is not where this accident gained its notoriety from. Okay. Um, listen to this, a little bit of an article here. It says, for five agonizing weeks, Taylor University freshman Whitney Sarek, C-E-R-A-K, that's how I would pronounce that, Sarek. She laid in a hospital bed, gravely injured, unable to speak, Loved ones at her side prayed and comforted her. These are her family. They, they, they were with her. She was basically in a coma, okay? It says, but they weren't her family and they weren't her friends. She was in a hospital bed and a families and friends that thought they were holding this girl's hands didn't realize it wasn't their daughter. It says, they were the family and friends of another student who was named Laura Van Ryn, R-Y-N. Listen to this. At the scene of the accident, the identities of the two girls got twisted. So the live one was named as the dead one, 
And the, the, the deceased one was named as the live one. You could see the confusion already coming. Mm-hmm. So they took her to this Michigan hospital um, as Laura Van Rin, but she was really Whitney Sarek. And so Laura Van Rin's family was there thanking the Lord and, and praying and holding her hand and, and feeling grateful that their daughter was the only survivor in this accident. And here it wasn't their daughter. Their daughter was already buried five weeks ago wow. by the, the other family. family. Yes. The Sarek family had already had a funeral for the, for, for the Van Rins family. And so the, the Sarek family in the last five weeks has been grieving because in their minds and hearts, their daughter was killed when this semi-truck came across the, the highway, the interstate, and hit this van. And the, and the Van Rin family was, was, again, happy that she was alive and hoping she would come out of this coma. It says, in a tragic case of mistaken identity... Sarek and Van Rin were wrongly identified in the chaos following a devastating crash on I-69 involving a semi and a van full of Taylor University students and staff. Initially, authorities thought Sarek had died and that Van Rin was critically injured. Both girls, both girls were, excuse me, both girls were blonde and had similar features. That's what I was thinking is that they had to be, and then bruising or whatever made a... I encourage anybody to look this story up and look at the pictures side by side. They were like probably the same build. They had the same length of hair. I mean, they literally... And then, you know, when somebody gets battered up in a car accident... Yeah, bruising, just, you know, isn't swelling. That, isn't that something? Same features, same hair. It says it would be later determined that the comatose bandaged young woman in the hospital bed was Sarek. Van Ridd had died in April, on April 26th, in the crash that killed three other students and staff members. It said, years and years after that drama unfolded before a national audience, Sarek, now Whitney Wheeler, married and the mother of three, returned to Taylor University to speak at a memorial for the victims. Here's what she said. My family had a funeral for me. She told students and, and staff that gathered in the auditorium of the small Christian college in Upland, Indiana. A lot of people wonder, what will people say at your funeral? She said, I know. Um, she said, and it wasn't all good. Um, she told the crowd, most of whom were in elementary or middle school when the crash occurred. She said she was surprised to find out she wasn't very good at sports, according to one of the speakers at her <laughs> funeral. She said, or that her sister thought she didn't shower often. <laughs> so as they were doing the, the, the eulogy, yeah. you know, they said little cute things about her. Um, she said those were the light moments at Wednesday's memorial. There were other times when she struggled to keep her composure, particularly when she recalled 
what she'd been told about the accident, her recovery, and the moment when she wrote her name on a card in the rehabilitation center after others began to wonder who she really was. So they started going, this doesn't seem like our daughter. Mm -hmm. And the friends were going, are you sure? This is, she seems different. Mm -hmm. It says the Van Rins, they loved me like I was their daughter because they believed that I was their daughter. And even when I wrote Whitney on their, uh, and their world changed, they knew that I wasn't their daughter and they still treated me like I was their family. So that's exactly the moment they found out that she was not their daughter. When they finally said, can you, can you write your name? And she wrote Whitney. Can you imagine that five weeks later learning that the girl you've been holding hands for and praying for and, and, and visiting and bringing things for, and you know, just what you do for anything. Exactly. Imagine that shocking moment when you realize if this is Whitney, oh my gosh, our daughter's gone. Can you imagine that? It has to be horrible. And at the same time, can you imagine the Sarek family going, getting the phone call or the news? Hey, I got some bad news, but yet it's going to be good news for you. Mm-hmm. I know you mourned your daughter and you've been mourning her, but your daughter's alive. Right. She wasn't killed. It has to be something. I mean, honestly, to go through all of that and, and the fact that they knew, you know, that the the family that that was there for her, knowing that there was another girl in the accident, their names, and that's how they're like knowing that it was it was that other girl then. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you don't know all the names of the people that are in an accident, but they would have known because they're in the same vehicle. That's how, you know, what I was thinking. Yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. And this is, like I said, this is how it's notoriety of the accident um, got really famous. Yeah, that's a that's a serious confusion. That's a serious offense. Confusing children like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or people, you know, you know. So, I say prayers for both families, and I would suspect that both families are probably. I wonder if they are close today. I wonder if the Van Rin family. It's hard for them to still swallow. And are, do they stay in touch with, with the Sarek family? Do, you know, I don't know what, what could have come, but they sounded like genuinely good people. And she even said they were, they acted like and treated me still like family after the tragedy. I wonder, that was 2016. That's like 17 years ago. Okay. I wonder if they still are close. They might have. They might have stayed close. They might be living through her as as keeping in touch with their daughter in some form. I mean, they were friends, evidently, you know. Yeah. So let's talk about the trucker and the accident for a second. So what happened? I'm going to give you the verdict and the sentencing. In 2006, a truck driver was sentenced to four years in prison um, for causing a crash that killed five people and sparked a highly publicized case of mistaken identity. Robert F. Spencer, I guess he was 38 at the time. He looked like a nice guy, seen his picture. It said, could have faced 24 years in prison. But on May 29th, he pleaded guilty to five counts of reckless homicide 
and four counts of criminal recklessness. He said, I know I'll, I'll have to deal with this for the rest of my life, Spencer said. And I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, I, I took the lives of five people. Not just five people, but f- five children. Four you know? children and one worker. It said, Spencer's semi-trailer collided with a Taylor University uh, van on April 26, 2006, as students and staff returned to an Upland camp- campus. Authorities said Spencer had fallen asleep at the wheel after failing to... Take required rest, uh, break rest. Mm-hmm. Getting so his time off. This was still back when paper logs were in effect. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that pay, uh, uh, e-logs would have saved them, because there's still plenty of drivers that drive, and and there's companies out there that reset light uh, logs yeah. and, and let these guys run like crazy. And this is what you're, guys. This is if you have a trucking company that constantly will um, wink, wink, reset your logs, and they do it a lot, Ruthann. Mm-hmm. They do it a lot with these, with these uh, obviously, online, applic- or online ELDs. Right. And so this is the result of this. Here's what it says. It says, um, and I wrote this on here, the moment reality sets in. It says, truck driver accused of falling asleep at the wheel along Interstate 69 and causing fatal crash, is now formally charged with five counts of reckless homicide. A Grant County, this was before the verdict. you got to hear this, though. It says, a Grant County judge entered a preliminary plea of not guilty on behalf of 37-year-old Robert Spencer, who was taken in uh, to an Indiana Wednesday after waiving extradition in, in Michigan. Okay, Spencer was polite as the judge asked him if he understood the charges and quizzed him about the, the of his finances. Here's the conclusion. A four-month investigation concluded that the trucker, Robert Spencer, had been driving nine hours over federal limits when his tractor trailer crossed uh, I-69, the I-69 median, and collided with the van. Um, investiga- investigators say... He fell asleep. They're pretty sure he fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, again, reality sets in. You can say to yourself, 24 hours ago, I was leaving my house and I was um, happy, kissed my wife and kids, told them I'd see them in a week or whatever the case was. And here I am today in a jail cell. And just because you're not a criminal, and I wanted to just point this out, Ruthann, just because they're not a felon, because they're not, you know, robbing a bank or getting caught with drugs or doing something, you know what I mean, what most people consider, you know. A criminal act. A criminal act. You know, he's just, he's working. He's, he's literally at work right now in that tractor trailer. Right. Doing what he was asked to do. Right, but you guys got to realize there's a reason why there is a reason why there's federal regulations on hours of service whether you agree with them or not. It doesn't matter whether you are you think you can drive further and stay up longer. It has nothing to do with it. This is reality right here. When you get into a wreck and it kills somebody, Ruthann they're not going to be able to stand in front of a judge and go, well, I didn't think I had to obey the elders of service. I figure I can drive 5,000 miles a week and make all kinds of money, blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of guys that didn't, there's a lot of guys that are in jail or going to trial because they cheated their logs and now they can't get a do-over. 
Right. You can't, you can't, there is no do overs with that kind of stuff at all. So reality sets in. This guy got four years in prison, which is a, a, a very, 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 very lucky sentence, Ruthann. Oh, yeah. They said he could have gotten like, what, 40? No, 24 years he could have gotten. You know, most likely he's never going to be a trucker again. All right. And like he said, he has to live with it. So, drivers, I mean this sincerely, and you small trucking companies, I know the real big trucking companies are not resetting people's logs. I know that. They're compliant. You know that. Right, right. But, you know, you got a lot of these mom and pop companies, Ruthann. They got less than 50 trucks, and they have. Um, keep trucking and Samsar and all these all these online uh, logging systems. But I got new. I just want to just point out one thing for both trucker and company. If you have a driver that gets into this crazy tragedy where lots of life is lost, or even one life is lost, within right, and it doesn't matter if they're lost or just injured, they're going to go and they're going to do an audit. You know that. Yes. And then they're going to audit. Guess who they're going to audit? Everything. The e-log company. And although you think that you've erased that stuff, there's tracking records of it. Okay? Because let me tell you something about the e-log company. They are not going to 100% want to take the blame for something you were able to do. So if you erase somebody's logs and give him a real quick reset when he's just driven 10 hours and he kills somebody, DOT, the cops, everybody's going to go into that logging system that you think isn't there. It's just like the AT&T phone, Ruthann. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. They not only can look at your logging records, they can look at the AT&T records or your, your, and burner phones now they can look, Ruthann. So right. burner phones, AT&T, T-Mobile, they can track where your AT&T phone was for the last 24 hours. They don't have they don't even need your damn e-logs. No, they can track it. They can see messages and everything. You can delete it, but they're still going to have record of it. Yeah, nothing's they, nothing's completely ever erased. Yes, yeah, don't be stupid. You know, I used to tell the boys that. I'd be like, "Don't be stupid." I'm telling you trucking companies, you you think you're making a couple extra dollars. Well, when your ass gets sued for every penny you have and your houses, I promise you, the the extra couple thousand dollars you might make this week is not going to be worth it, guys and gals. And you truckers, the trucking company is not going to tell you that they told you to do it. Although, I will tell you, they're going to be in just as much trouble nowadays, Ruthann, with these e-logs. You know that. Oh, yeah. Everybody's ass is over the fire, guys. Just my advice. I promise you. Hey, Ruthann, you see this week they caught that, um, that Long Island um, serial killer? Right. And you and I were discussing mm -hmm. how incredibly they catch these guys. And in the article it said they're 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 checking burner phones. I'm not even sure how the hell they check burner phones. But like we were talking earlier, if you pay for extra minutes <laughs> Well, it doesn't I don't think it takes if they're looking and they're finding out that a cell phone from this area was hit by this tower and they can get the ID and track that ID to the store that it was sold at. All they need to do is look at the video cameras of the store to find out who purchased that phone. 
I mean, stuff is really actually easy nowadays because there's so many cameras and and tracking devices around. It doesn't take much. You got a good point. So even if you pay cash for your burner phone and you pay cash for the extra minutes, which mm-hmm. most drivers don't. Right. Okay. But even if you do and you're trying to stay under the under the wire, it's still cell phone towers. All they have to do is go and petition these cell phone towers and they start looking at ID numbers, okay, that are maybe even stuck there at that moment. It's, it's, there's a record of everything, unless you don't have a cell phone on you, okay? Trust me, these cell phones tell a big story. Oh, yeah, definitely. These, and, and I think a lot of people forget that there's not much that you have on your body that can't be traced some way or another between having a surgery, between having anything. There's IDs in everything. What was in that movie with Will Smith? Was it called Enemy of the State? There, there where, was a, where they were every it was like they were tra- every which way they were going like the government was tracking them and mm-hmm. they were like how are they tracking us now mm-hmm. well I'm just telling you guys just crazy things they come up with those ideas somehow I'm telling you man we live in an era well where if you're trying to fly under the air the the radar you need to be like honestly you need to throw away cell phones you need to you need to be totally off grid the way you pay for things you need to be not on cameras and that's hard to do now no it is hard to do i mean every intersection has a camera almost they say everybody's on on like a thousand cameras a day now Mm -hmm. you know so guys and gals advice stay legal it's best advice this driver really honestly truly like he said the rest of his life and if he's listening right now he's probably agreeing i'm he's there's no way that you get over something like this. I don't think so. So there's another famous wreck. Ruthann. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Hey, um, trucker songs. Trucker songs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I picked out one because we got drivers now sending in songs going. And what's really cool about these trucker songs this week is they don't have to be an actual I'm a trucker song. It could be about life on the road. Mm-hmm. And so the first song that I have, actually, I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and give you my song first. Okay. And it's a pretty famous one. I'm going to give you the words, of course. I don't want to play it on the air because I don't want to play with the copyright thing. And I might sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. all right so first song is by alabama oh cool 18 wheeler and and here's here's part of the song it says um you got it roll on highway roll on along roll on daddy till you get back home roll on family roll on crew roll on mama <clears throat> like I asked you to do. I lost the tune. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, I was like, uh. Yeah, I kind of screwed up. Anyways, and roll on 18-wheeler, roll on. He says, well, it's Monday morning. He kisses mama goodbye. He's up and gone with the sun. Daddy drives an 18-wheeler, and he's off on the Midwest run. You got it. And the <clears throat> And three sad faces gather around mama. They ask her when daddy's coming home. Daddy drives an 18-wheeler, and they sure miss him. He's gone. Yeah, they do. Ah, but he calls them every night, and he tells them that he loves them. He taught them this song to sing. 
Roll on highway, roll on along. Roll on, daddy, till you get back home. You know the rest, right? Roll on, family. Roll on, crew. Roll on, mama, like I asked you to do. And roll on, 18-wheeler. Roll on. Young drivers, if you've never heard that song before, check it out. Download it today. It's called 18-wheeler. And they sing it a little better than I do, Ruthann. Alabama may definitely sing it a little better. (laughs) And if the lead singer is listening, I am not out to steal your job. You stay there. I'm going to do the podcast. And you got you, you you got your job still at Alabama, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Ruth, and the second song I'm going to uh, bring into this mix, and this is a super sweet, awesome, cool song by a singer that I used to listen to when I was a kid. My buddy and I, we used to cruise around in a 77 Chevy Nova. It was white with the Landau roof. We had air shocks, and we had 60s on the back, and just glass packs. It wasn't a fast car, but it was a cool car. And we used to have this 8-track. Everybody's going, what the hell is an 8-track? Well, I'll tell you what an 8-track is. It's a piece of garbage (laughs) (laughs) that used to get stuck in the player, and we'd have to roll it back up with a pencil, and you guys know what I'm talking about. But when it did play, we used to play Bob Seger. Remember Bob Seger, Ruthann? Oh, yeah, definitely. And this song, it's about being on the road. And you guys got to really check this out. If you're going down the road, it's such a cool jumping into your soul kind of song and it's called turn the page i want to i want to give you a couple of these uh, words he says on a long lonesome highway east of omaha he says you can listen to the engine moaning out it's uh, one note song he says you can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before and by the way this song was sent in by Carrie, I'm sorry, Corey Patzold. So if you're Mrs. Patzold, I don't think that he means him. He's just listening to Bob Seger, <laughs> right? I'm sure Corey didn't meet a girl the night before. But anyways, the song says, you can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before, but your thoughts will soon be wondering the way they always do when you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing there to do and you don't feel much like riding, you just wish the trip was through. <clears throat> That's when he goes, here I am on the road again. There I am up on the stage. I can't do this one. He says, here I go playing star again. There I go. Turn the page. Well, you walk into a restaurant all strung out from the road. And you feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off the cold. You pretend it doesn't bother you, but you just want to explode. Most times you can't hear them talk. Other times you can. All the same old cliches. Is it woman? Is it man? Bob Seger had long hair. That may be Mm -hmm. what he was talking about there. Mm -hmm. And you always seem outnumbered, so you don't dare make a stand. Here I am on the road again. I want these guys to look this up. There I am up on the stage. Here I go playing star again. There I go. Turn the key. I keep saying that, turn the key. It's turn the page. So then he goes on to say, out there in the spotlight, you're a million miles away. Every Every ounce of energy you try to give away. As the sweat pours out your body like the music that you play, Later in the evening, as you lie awake in bed, 
with the echoes from the amplifiers ringing in your head. You smoked the day's last cigarette, remembering what she said. Here I am, up on, oh, I'm sorry, on the road again. There I am, up on the stage. Here I go, playing star again. There I go, turn the page. That song, I just totally grinded that up and ruined it. But you guys download Bob Seger, <laughs> turn the page, and I promise you, you will absolutely love that song. Now, Ruth, and before you introduce the next trucker that sent in the song, I want you to know which one we took, Long Distance Driving. So what's the, the first off, where is the trucker from that sent in this song? He is from Australia. So you guys got to know, we love it when we get mail. Like we've got, we get mail from Germany, Australia, and I will tell you, we get a lot of Australian truckers. Truckers in Australia take their trucking seriously, then. They they definitely do. I mean, seriously, they 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 drive in the outback. They drive what's called the trains. Like the the tr- their trucks are like five hundred and fifty thousand feet long, and they love talk CDL and they love American truckers also. So here's to you guys. I'm sorry, is, are they called mates? I don't know, but there's 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 men and women definitely. And, and I got to tell you, uh, what's the trucker's name again? This one? He goes by Cog or Drop a Cog. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what Cog is so in like Australian. No I, I really want... No, he wouldn't put his name. Robo or Robo is the email, but... So maybe his name's Robert. But I don't know. They kind of... You know the one thing before we go ahead and, and, and tell them the words of this song? Because it's a trucker's song. They put the Y on a lot of stuff. And, like, and they don't call them truckers. They call them truckies. He's a truckie. But what's really cool, as I'm reading this song, this, um, what's the singer's name, Ruth Ann, that sings Long Dusty Road? Slim, um, Long Distance Road by Slim Dusty. Long Distance Driving by Slim Dusty. Yeah, Long Distance Driving by Slim Dusty. And I will tell you, it's hard to find the lyrics to those Australian country singers. But we found this one. And this was one of the songs he sent in, right? Right. He sent in three, and that was one of them. Okay, so what are the names of the other two, in case they want to look them up? The other one was Travis Sinclair. His um, song's name is Diesel Boy. And we listened to that. That's a good song. It is nice. So if you guys are going down the road, listen to Diesel Boy by Travis Sinclair. And what was the other one, Ruthann? Um, Singer is Jeff Brown, and I personally like this. It's called Kamikaze Kangaroo. (laughs) So, So Kamikaze Kangaroo by... Singer Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown. Also check that out. But I got the words to long distance driving by Slim Dusty. And I noticed when I first went through the song, I'm going, what the hell did he just say? And instead of a Kenworth, it sounds like they're calling it Kenny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so Australian of him. But I actually kind of think that's pretty cool. Right. I'm driving my T680 Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll guarantee you there's some Americans that call it a Kenny also. So check this out. Here's the song. Here's the lyrics to this song, Long Distance Driving. Well, I've got to make it into Sydney markets tonight. I've got to be unloaded at Flemington before daylight. The Kenny's polished, my KW, my Kenny's polished up and my logbooks filled into go. I guess that's driving. So they they wrote, you know, how it's got the drive hours. Mm -hmm. They call it the go. So my Kenny's polished up and my logbooks filled into go. Why on earth I took a long distance driving, mate, I'll never know. I pushed her into first gear, let the clutch out, and then I'm away. The way the clutch is shuddering, she's four t- 
ton over, I'd say. I hate to think what'll happen when we get to Moralon Waybridge. If they make me unload, I'll be late. And that's Ridgy Digi Hay. I think that's how you pronounce that. Well, I've got to make it into Sydney Markets tonight. I got to be unloaded at Flemington before daylight. My Kenny's polished up and my logbook's filled in to go. Why on earth I took a long distance driving, mate? I'll never know. Hey, I got my ears on, but I'm sitting on the side. I don't want to chat. I only use it emergency to ask where the blue lights are at. I guess that's the CB. So they're like mm-hmm. Americans. They're like, look, man, I don't want to be on the CB unless I need it. The you know? blue lights are the cops. But but at <laughs> least they're using it. He says, if I don't blow a tire, I'll be there in plenty of time. If I don't go crazy staring at this long white line, hey, because I've got to make it into Sydney markets tonight. I've got to be unloaded in Flemington before daylight. My Kenny's polished up and my logbook's filled in to go. Oh, why on earth would I take a long distance driving mate? I'll never know. That's right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a pretty cool, you know, it's all trucking, you know, and uh, thank you to Cog. 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 Cog for short. That's what he said. I like that. So Cog. And uh, my boy Corey, and of course, the song by Alabama. <laughs> and that is the three trucker songs that I would like you guys to check out this week. Check them out, download them, write in and let us know. And again, send us your songs. I could tell you that I got a real big smile on my face when I got this email because I was busy all week and, and getting this email made me feel just super happy. Yeah. So thank you. Cog. Ruth Ann has got a big giant smile from that email and Corey and everybody else that's sending in things. We thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. We hope you guys will continue to send us some more songs and we will publish your songs and maybe I'll sing some more for you. Maybe I'll butcher a few more songs, Ruth Ann. Moving on. Moving on. Moving onward and upward we go, Ruth Ann. So I've got some advice I wanted to give these truck drivers. And I know this because I'm, I'm seeing it, I'm hearing it. A lot of truck drivers are really looking for work right now. And a lot of reasons why they're looking for work, Ruth, and a lot of them are running from lease purchasing. You know, a lot of truck drivers during the COVID time, they took up to lease purchasing. They were making a lot of good paychecks. And now with rates being in the, in the cellar and freight being very light, it's hard to be a lease purchase or an owner operator drivers running on what's called the spot market. We mentioned that a few times mm-hmm. over the last couple of months, the spot market being bad. I'm not here to, to pound on depressing news. What I wanted to do is kind of give you guys a little advice. If you're coming out of the spot market and you can't find a job where um, you're making that kind of money. Um, and you know, a lot of drivers that I've talked to lately have told me, they're lease purchasing jobs, $300, $500, no paychecks. Um, and one guy told me the other day, he's on a lease purchase with a trucking company 
up in Chicago and just the truck note alone, he said, just the payment was $1,250. Wow. I said, dude, man, you're getting shanked. Mm -hmm. So, so the trucking company, because of bad freight is, is, is sucking money. Uh, I'm not saying every trucking company is doing that, but some of these crappy trucking companies, they're sucking money out of the driver off the top. They're skimming these guys. And so it's, it's even harder for a truck driver to take home any kind of a paycheck. So my advice would be this. Okay, first off, if you are set on lease purchase, find a trucking company that has their own freight. Find one that actually either has their own freight where they build it like furniture haulers, carpet makers, you know, um, uh, or, or find one that has contracted freight with a big manufacturer like Nestle's, um, Kraft, Hershey's, Home Depot's, Lowe's, you know, all these big manufacturers or the people that manufacture certain things, um, Glidden Paints and all this other stuff. Find a company that's contracted to pull them. So in your job interview, ask the recruiter, do you have contracts or are you on the spot mark? Are you, what's the majority of your freight? Do you produce it? Do you haul contracted freight? Because drivers, if they don't, you're really just going into the 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 fire pit that's going on right now in the market right then. Right. No, you're you're one hundred percent correct. If a driver wants to keep moving and and be earning that money, he needs to be with someone that is contracted to a company that has that freight that's not going to stop. It's just going to keep going versus a company that is trying to pull it from brokers or pulling it from um, a, a type of product that is seasonal or, or isn't just really that high in demand. You don't want to, you don't want to be in there. People are spending their money, but they're still spending it wisely. Exactly. Good advice for them. So that would be my advice. You guys just, Know the company you're going to and know know what they're hauling. And the other thing I would ask, if they say, yeah, we have contracts, find out who and ask them, when were those contracts signed? Yeah, are they up for renewal soon? Exactly. There's been many drivers that got into a situation where they thought they were getting a dedicated run because of certain customers or a dedicated contract and mm -hmm. only to find out a month later mm -hmm. that the company was up for renewal, like Ruth Ann just said. Right. Didn't renew it. Exactly. And somebody underbid and beat them out of that contract. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they don't have that freight anymore. And honestly, their company went to crap. So just do your homework, guys. You know, there's the best thing right now. And, and I will tell you this. Finding a job that's paying you three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a week, like you were able to do in the COVID, that's over. Okay. A good lease purchase right now is going to yield you anywhere from, um, I would say a good one's going to yield you about two to $2,500 take home pay. If you can find that, okay. And with a company that is, you know, has their own freight, then yes, you can, you can, I would say take a chance and there's a good chance you can do well there. But if you're looking to, to make more, you get a, a recruiter that tells you you're going to make 3000 plus. I promise you, you're probably being lied to mm -hmm. right now in this day and age. Um, and just stay away from spot market companies. Ruthann, that is my podcast for the week. And I know you've got a bunch of stuff for us. I do. I have a couple of things, but I did want to kind of touch base on what you're saying because I, 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 
I believe, but I'm not 100% correct, and I wanted to ask you, the trucks now are starting to come in as far as some of the newer ones are starting to be released with the chips that we remember we had such an issue with chips not being made. So we had a, a big hold on a lot of tractors. Now those are starting to come in, but some companies don't have the new ones yet. They're just, they're there. They're just not coming completely through. So there are companies that are having a good product and they have good tractors that they're getting. You might have to just come in and, and, and tell them what you want as far as your tractor yet, you know, isn't that what's going on right now? You just got to kind yeah. of fine tune it. Yeah, the market's seeing more Kenworths and Freightliners being delivered. In fact, you're seeing a lot of car hauler jobs right now in the market. But the 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 unbalance to that is the freight thing. So now trucks, in fact, truck prices have come down quite a bit. And, and the reason being is because nobody wants them because n- there's not enough freight to make money with. So it needs to balance. I'm, I'm telling you guys, the good side of all this is I'm seeing an uptick. And, you know, Lord willing, it's, it's going to balance out and the market is going to come back. At, you know how many times the, there's been bad economies? F- ever since there's been an economy, there's been bad economies, and then there's good economies. It just keeps going back and forth. Right. And and so right now, because of the COVID and what happened, I mean, realistically, reason the reason why it happened at this point doesn't matter. All you all we really need to know is it is slowly getting back, and there are manufacturing jobs are starting to pick up. People are going back to work, and the reason people are going back to work is because they ran out of stimulus money. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that are taking jobs now and good jobs. So. Um, if, if you're, um, wanting to, you know, see a turnaround in the market, I've been here in 2024 where normality is going to feel better, you know, about back to normal. So we still got probably maybe less than a year to where we start seeing it. But I will tell you, I think that you're seeing a little bit of a turnaround, but you never know. Um, it keeps clogging up (laughs) because of trucks and freight, but yes, you're right. We are getting more trucks in the industry now. That's, I think that's wonderful. All um, right, moving on. Moving on. I have, um, remember we were talking before about the next gen, which is the... Um, oh, the contest? The, no, no. Next gen is the... is the Kenworth. No, next gen is the, is the company that the teaching of high school students to come into the trucking industry. Oh, the next generation of truckers. When you say next gen, I think of the next gen Kenworth that just came out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he's still stuck on trucks. I've moved on. Okay. <laughs> So, so, okay. So now you're talking about the high schools right. that started implementing the, the, I think that's awesome. Well, I mean, it started with in California mm-hmm. and now it's like all over the country, a lot of shop or not shop classes, but a lot of your Votex and stuff now have a tractor trailer class, huh? Right. And right now they are celebrating their two year anniversary of being out there and doing this. So they have like Right now, 250 members, including carriers, dealers, allied companies, schools, OEMs, and individuals that have now been part of this team. There's so much more that they've done in this short time that they've been around, but they have over, they've met with over 200 high schools interested in starting a high school truck driving course for the seniors. I thought that was pretty awesome. Over 200 high schools. Well, I, and, and look, the 200 is going to turn into 2,000. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a, a couple million high schools in the United States. Oh, well, I would guess there's at least probably what? How many high schools are in this in this country? I never oh, even... Oh, there's, there's tons. I mean, I if mean, you think about it, in our county alone, there's, there's like gotta be three. A, there's got to be a million. 
you know, I mean, you have like 350 million or something like that people just in the U.S. I'm sure there's a million. Anyways, the, the 200 high schools is going to turn into 2,000 and then 20,000 mm-hmm. and then so on right. because of of careers, Ruthann. And it, bring, it brings me to one thought. The baby boomers that are retiring is going to be putting a big loss in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so who would have thought that implementing a high school program, and if they do get it, they are really working on 18-year-olds being able to run interstate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they implement 18, 19-year-old kids, because to me, it's a little bit, I feel bad for kids that go to the high school program. They graduate as, you know, with a CDL. When they when, Once they become 18, they can get their CDL. You can get a CDL at 18, but you can't go across state lines. But so... It's almost redundant. You go to high school, you get your CDL, and then you can't really go across state line. So you can't really use your CDL because most trucking companies aren't hiring 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But once they implement 18-year-olds being able to go out there and run over the road, Ruthann, I would tell you that it's going to really help the industry a lot as far as new drivers. And because this is not just a trucking school where they have pill mills, you know, just turning out truckers. Like a lot of drivers complain about the trucking schools these days mm-hmm. because the trucking schools are just turning over drivers left and right. Couple week course, you got your CDL. They don't even teach them how to back up or anything like that right now. No. And here's another thing that you got to think about with these trucking schools. Most of the time, a dry, a person that comes to a trucking school is already like in his twenties, right? 22, 23. Some of them are even older. They already have some damaging stuff on their MVR. They either have a DUI or they might have some reckless. These trucking schools don't tell you. Companies won't hire you with that being a recent incident. Now, when you have a child, I say child, but, you know, he's 18, going through a high school program with the gusto and the initiative to want to go out there and start driving, they're not having a bunch of a stuff already on their M, you know, on their MBR on their license to where they have the ability to be hired on faster to a trucking company. You know what else I think is happening? Like the way my grandfather mentored me over the years, it's, it's a course, I believe they're allowed to get into it. You didn't like what ninth or 10th grade. They're allowed to, to, to go into the, the uh, class, just like going into shop class. And so it's, isn't it like a, a seniors? Oh, seniors only. Mm-hmm. So it's a one year course then. So, but even over a one year period, you're being mentored into it. And you and I interviewed the guy that's running the program in California. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those guys really care and they really want to mentor these young drivers. And so I believe at this level, Ruthann, it's almost like the way we were mentored as kids by our grandparents and our fathers, um, you know, being taught all the little tricks and everything versus going to a trucking school, knowing that in the next two to four weeks, I'm going to be mowed through this program and come out of it with a CDL. I've got videos of, of, of a truck driver literally at a truck stop asking the driver beside him. He said, I'm a student. I just graduated and I just got done with my trainer. How do I disconnect the tractor and trailer? He literally didn't even know how to pull the pin and wind down the gear. So whatever school this guy had gone to in a trucking school, he literally wasn't even taught how to how to disconnect the truck. Right. And that stuff's scary when you think about it. 
it's scary to know that some of these people are going and they're being pushed through so fast. And, and, you know, granted, I'm sure some of these men out there, you know, they're being either, you know, I want to say prideful, but they're embarrassed to ask them to say, Hey, can you go over this again? I didn't quite understand it. Or, you know, I, I tell you when we're doing it and, um, I was getting ready to take my test. You know what the scariest thing for me was? Aside from backing, because I can't back with, I can back my car up, get me with a, with a trailer on, attached to me. I can't back straight with it, with anything. But my scariest part was trying to, was, was my pre-trip doing the inspections. I was more worried of forgetting where the different points were. So I was always worried about that part of it. So I think a lot of the drivers probably would, you know, that go through these schools, they're kind of afraid to ask them, can you go over that again? Just because of the fact that they're they're grown men and they they want to they feel embarrassed. I'd be willing to bet that these young guys that in their senior year go through whatever it's probably Votech, but going through this tractor trailer class. Yeah, it's a Votech. Is a Votech. So going through this Votech, I would imagine they come away remembering the name of all the parts. I would be willing to bet it's like a hundred and five point inspection that you were talking about the pre trip. Mm-hmm. Guess what? How many truckers can name even half of those components? You studied in school to pass it, but how many of those guys really remember half of those components? But I'll bet you these young truckers, mm-hmm. because they're going through it for a year and they're hands-on for a year, and it's a mentorship. And I'm not look, I'm not putting down the truckers that are getting it as men, but I am saying that this program is probably a pretty good program. I'd be willing to bet better than most people believe. I know a lot of guys are saying, I don't think 18 year olds should be able to drive a tractor trailer out on the road. They're not responsible enough. Well, if to me, if they're able to go and carry an M16 and die for the country, they're able enough to drive a tractor trailer. That's, that's my hundred percent opinion on that. I also think that, um, with the, the differences between the school and you know, like the high school and the other, like the, the other schools that the children or the children, I keep saying children because they're just younger to me. They do have that, that retaining of the information because the grown men that are going to the schooling at that point, they're more concerned with providing for their family. So they're not, they're not focused just on the schooling like a high school student would be doing. They're focused on, okay, I got to go home. I got to help my wife with this, my kids, whatever. So there's a big difference to that. But I just wanted to make a mention about next gen, next generation that the, the students and, and congratulations on your two year mark. Yeah, very, very good article. I mean, we're following this, Ruth Ann, and we're going to continue to follow this and see how it's growing. Like I said, two years ago when we did the interview with that California school, the very first one, they mm-hmm. were, that was it. They were the only one. And then not long after that, there was a company, I think a school in like Delaware or something like that, that was going to do it also. And now here's 200 more wanting to do it. And next thing you know, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And we're just going to watch this thing evolve. Guys, it's here to stay. I promise you. Ruth Ann, moving on. Moving on. So I've tried to start doing this trucker hero and um, I came across an article that it's, it's a group, it's a whole thing. And I wanted to make a mention to it cause I thought it was pretty heartwarming. So there was a mom that went online and she wanted to surprise her seven year old son with a truck ride to get his own surprise. They got a full convoy. Oh, cool. Yeah. So mom wrote a, a, a little thing out and I'm going to tell you right now, this isn't U.S. based. This is based in New Zealand. So um, 
she put an article out there saying that, hey, my son has no friends. He's going to be eight years old. His uncle and his grandfather have been truck drivers and all this is going on. And, and you know, and he never gets invited anywhere. Can someone maybe I'll, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you can come and give my son a ride in your truck for his birthday. And a company, an owner of a company had seen it and he wanted to go out there and show this little boy an amazing time. And he recruited around 40 drivers to sign up and take this little boy for a ride in their truck. And it ended up being this big convoy and it, it just seems very nice and very heartwarming. And I wanted to say that, um, that I thought it was pretty wonderful that, uh, uh, Oliver Johnson is the name of the boy and it was his mother, Catherine that did it. And she had, I guess it went into, it ended up going as far as the New Zealand, New Zealand Herald, as far as being the, um, an article that was written in there. The company that did it, um, Barry Hart was the name of the, the owner of the local trucking company who started doing it. And I just want to do a shout out saying, hey, great job, Barry, for pulling all those truckers in for it. Hey, trucking's trucking. I mean that sincerely. So that was a pretty cool story. Um, do you have the word of the day? I do. All right. Let's hear the word of the day. Effulgent. 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 Pretty quick one. Effulgent. Okay. So tell us about effulgent. Well, it's spelled E-F-F-U-L-G-E-N-T. Just because of how fast he says it, I don't think you really get it that good. But it is an adjective. It's Latin, and it started in the mid-18th century, and it means shining brightly radiant of a person or their expression emanating joy or goodness. Oh. So I am very effulgent. That word, the, the gent part, does remind me of like radiant type of... But anyways, that's pretty cool. Um, and again, this is by Word Genius. We like to kind of give them a little plug. They're not really a sponsor of the show, but we like to... Get smarter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ruthann. Peace. Peace. We're out of here. Praise the Lord. <laughs>